Surah Al-Ahqaf, what have we seen so far? A contrast between those who believe and those who do not. Those who are humble and those who are not. Those who are grateful and those who are not. Here, we saw the example of the people of Ad. The people of Ad who were given many blessings. But what was their response? Of pride and of refusal, of denial. Here we see another example. The example of the jinn. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ and when, meaning recall the time when, صَرَفْنَا, we directed إِلَيْكَ towards you, نَفَرًا, a group مِنَ الْجِنِّ of the jinn. صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ We directed them towards you. The word صَرَفَ literally is to turn. And صَرَفَ إِلَى is to turn something towards a particular direction, in a particular direction. And صَرَفْنَا We Who is this referring to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah sent the jinn, meaning He turned their direction towards who? Towards the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِلَيْكَ Towards you, as in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This means that the jinn were on their way, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the circumstances such that they ended up coming at the same spot where the Prophet ﷺ was. So in other words, the jinn had no intention of looking for the Prophet ﷺ. But what happened? They just came upon him. Why? Because Allah created the circumstance as such. And this happens many times with us also. Right? That how often does it happen that you know you go somewhere and you don't plan with somebody that I'll see you there, I'll meet you there. And you had no intention of going there either. Right? You end up at that place and other people end up at that same place also. You know, the funniest thing happened the other day. I was going for groceries and I really didn't want to go by myself. Right? Because, you know, with kids in Ramadan, end of the day, it kind of gets difficult. So I was on my way. There was one grocery store. I missed the turn. Right? Another grocery store that came anyway, I missed that turn also. Right? Finally, the third one came. I went inside. As soon as I got inside, my husband called me, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the grocery store. He's like, I'm there too. Which one? I'm like, this one. Alhamdulillah. So I just got everything, you know, left him at the cashier and walked out. Alhamdulillah. So these circumstances are created by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what if sarafna ilayka? We directed them towards you. Who nafaram min al jinn, a group of the jinn. The word nafar, noon fa ra, is used for a group of people that are numbered somewhere between three and ten. So basically less than ten. Alright? And nafaram min al jinn, a group of the jinn. So there were less than ten. Alright? And when they came upon the Prophet ﷺ, what happened? Yastami'una. They were listening attentively. Al-Qur'ana to the Qur'an. How were they listening to the Qur'an? Because somebody was reciting it. And who was reciting it? It was the Prophet ﷺ. So they heard him reciting the Qur'an and they paid attention to it. فَلَمَّا So when حَضَرُوهُ They attended it. From the root letters حَضَرَ حَضَرَ is to be present somewhere. Right? حَضِر Someone who is present to attend. So فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ When they attended the recitation قَالُوا They said meaning to each other أَنصِتُوا Be quiet. Listen quietly. أَنصِتُوا نُون صَادْتَ Insat. And insat is to listen attentively with silence. Because 
movement or any kind of talking even that does not allow you to listen to everything. Isn't it? How often it happens that you're listening to a lecture and then you start walking, right? And then because of the walking, you kind of missed a word or two because you were moving. Even movement. So they said to each other, أَنصِتُوا Listen attentively with silence. فَلَمَّا then when قُضِيَ It was completed, meaning the recitation was finished. The Prophet ﷺ ended the recitation. وَلَّوْ They turned away. Meaning the jinn, they went away. إِلَى قَوْمِهِمْ To their people, meaning to the other jinn. But how? مُنْزِرِينَ As warners. Meaning they took the message they heard in the Qur'an from the Prophet ﷺ and they took it to their people in order to warn them. فَلَمَّا قُضِيَ وَلَّوْا إِلَى قَوْمِهِمْ Now when is it that this incident happened? Remember that towards the end of the Meccan era when the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca. And remember Surah Al-Ahqaf is one of the late Meccan surahs. So towards the end of the Meccan era remember there was a boycott of the Banu Hashim and basically the Banu Hashim they retreated it was a self-imposed exile out of Mecca and it was something that went on for quite some time and towards the end of it was the year of sorrow right and what happened in the year of sorrow who passed away Khadija radhiyallahu anha passed away as well as Abu Talib and Abu Talib was you could say the guardian of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in Mecca nobody could harm the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because of Abu Talib Abu Talib passed away now what happened the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam basically had no protection in the city of Mecca And we learn from different narrations that Abu Lahab at this time, because he was also an uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, you know, he had this realization that after all, he's my nephew. Abu Talib has gone, I should protect him. And Abu Lahab, he offered his protection, but Abu Jahal came and hit Abu Lahab, that what are you doing? And so Abu Lahab, he renounced his protection for the Prophet ﷺ. So then what happened? He knew that he couldn't stay in Mecca anymore. He needed someone's protection. in order to stay in Mecca, in order to carry on his work. So the closest place was the city of Ta'if. And remember the city of Ta'if was a major city. Remember the mushrikeen said that why did Allah not send the Qur'an down on a man from the two cities? Right? So the two cities were which ones? Mecca and Ta'if. So when Mecca didn't work, the Prophet ﷺ went to Ta'if. And we all know what happened in Ta'if. The Prophet ﷺ had to come back. And remember what state he was in. He was sad, right? He had been rejected. He had been basically chased out of the city of Ta'if. He was wounded. He was injured. And on the way to Mecca, when it was nighttime, the Prophet ﷺ prayed salah. Which salah was this? Either this was Isha or Tahajjud or it was Fajr. Right? There's different narrations we learn about. But the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is praying salah, and in that he is reciting the Qur'an, how? Loud enough that passers-by can hear. What does that show us? The Prophet ﷺ took comfort in what? In what? In salah and in the recitation of the Qur'an. This is what he took comfort in. Because if it was Isha or Fajr, right? Then remember, the Prophet ﷺ could have recited any short surah even. Right? Because after all, he was traveling, he was injured, he was feeling very, very sad, he could have just rushed through prayer. But the fact that the Prophet ﷺ recited 
so much Qur'an that passers-by noticed it and they stopped and they listened and they told each other to be silent and they got the message from that recitation. What does that show? That that recitation was long. So this is something that happened on the return from At-Ta'if. And we see that these jinn, they were passing by and they heard the recitation of the Qur'an. When they heard it, they came and they listened. Right? The Prophet ﷺ had no idea. He had no idea that a group of jinn were listening to him. So who informed him? Allah informed him. These verses were revealed. And we see that the jinn, it's amazing how one recitation, and they knew that this is worthy of paying attention to. Which is why they reminded each other to be silent and listen attentively. Because it's of the basic etiquettes, isn't it? That when something important is being said, listen. When the Qur'an is being recited, listen. Anything you know that affects our heart, we pay attention to it. So the jinn paid attention to the recitation of the Qur'an. Here, you know, the symbolism is very obvious. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, he had just been rejected by the people of Makkah and Ta'if. Right? People whom he could see were denying him. Allah sends His way people whom He cannot see, but they believed in Him. And who were they? It was the jinn. Isn't this amazing? Human beings whom the Prophet ﷺ is talking to, inviting them, what is their response? Denial. And the jinn, the Prophet ﷺ didn't do da'wah to them. He didn't say, any jinn passing by, please stop, I will do da'wah to you. No. He's reciting Qur'an on his own. Allah sent them. What does this teach us? What's the lesson in this? Exactly. We don't know who will be guided. Our job is to do our best. That's it. The results are in whose hands? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hands. And you know what's amazing is every time I think about this incident, you know, it makes me think that the Prophet ﷺ's trip to Ta'if was not in vain. Right? Because this is what we feel sometimes. We we make a plan, we go somewhere, we want to get something done, doesn't happen, and we come back and we're like, Oh, what a fail. No, it wasn't a fail. Any step in the way of Allah is an investment. It will definitely bring results. Results that you will never see perhaps. That you will never be aware of perhaps. But Allah will create them. I remember once I went to a da'wah workshop and it was titled, How to Make Your Da'wah Successful. Then when the teacher got to the actual title, he said, like, how do you measure this, the level of success of your da'wah? He said, there's absolutely, like, no way. That, that's not um, the intent of this. Because he said, how many times have uh, prophets come and they conveyed correctly, but no one believed in them? So he said, your success lies in just conveying. Yes, very true. Your success lies in just conveying, not by the results that you see. Assalamu alaikum. I just wanted to share an incident that happened yesterday. You know, Al-Huda has a project now where you can take Quran and uh, buy it from the bookstore and give it to somebody. So, Sister Nahid and I, we are the two people who work with the jail. So, we decided that we'll give it to the guards. She went on Wednesday and it was locked down and she couldn't go inside. Then I took it from her on Friday and 
it's a 45 minute drive from my house and i kept thinking how am i going to give it to them what are they going to say will they refuse you know it's not easy to go give the quran to non muslim people and all to the way i was planning how i'm going to do it last friday when i went they were asking me lots of questions you know the girls are saying like this is it true about ramadan they shouldn't be around food they can't pray here all these kind of questions so i decided i'm going to use that same thing and you know convey it to them so i went to this lady and i said i've brought a little present for you guys she was so happy and then she looked into the bag and she said oh it's the quran i said yeah you know what all the guards are asking me questions about ramadan and i thought why not they go to the source and find out what it is all about so that's why i brought you the quran and one of them the supervisor had told me that you should try to build relations with the guards so this is my way of doing it i could never imagine the joy with which she accepted it i was so surprised i was all ready for her rejection and i even said if you are not allowed to take it you can give it to me next friday when i come but she was so happy and one of them inside when i told her about it that i brought this present for you she said oh the quran that's so nice of you and then i said but what if you are not allowed to take it because you know she's very friendly with me she said but you know it's your thought that counts it's your intention you wanted to give it to me you know i never expected this but subhanallah it made me so happy that i did take it alhamdulillah alhamdulillah so never underestimate anything that you can do to call someone to allah another important thing we see in this ayah is that falamma qudiya wallaw ila qaumihim munzirin that the jinn they didn't just believe they didn't just accept the message themselves but they took it to their people also meaning they took it to the rest of the jinn also they became like mini messengers you know it's amazing sometimes you talk to somebody they agree with what you say and they're like cool that's it it's finished over there but these jinn took it to the next step they took the message forward they didn't just keep it to themselves rather they took it to others also qalu they said ya qaumana o our people meaning the jinn inna sami'na indeed we have heard kitaban a book we have heard a book unzila it has been revealed min ba'di musa after prophet musa meaning after the book that was given to prophet musa what book was given to musa alayhi salam the torah so they're saying this is a book that has been revealed after the torah but wasn't there another book in between which one is that injil so it is said that perhaps these jinn were jewish they believed only in the torah it's possible allahu a'lam another reason could also be that the torah is basically what contains laws and the injil is more like a a reminder or an admonition advice all right but the actual law is in the torah so they said ya qaumana inna sami'na kitaban unzila min ba'di musa musaddiqan lima bayna yadayhi one that confirms what was before it meaning it confirms the previous scriptures yahdi ila al-haqq it guides to the truth wa ila tariqin mustaqim and to a path that is straight how many sessions did they attend how much quran did they learn one that's it one session they attended and that was also just listening to the quran the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not doing tafsir of the quran for them right 
He wasn't explaining the Qur'an. He was just reciting it to them. That's it. And then we see that this was only one encounter. But it was enough to convince them that this is the truth. They not only accepted it, they understood it, and they took it to others also. يَهْدِي إِلَى الْحَقِّ وَإِلَى طَرِيقٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ It guides to the truth and to a straight path. يَا قَوْمَنَا They said, O oh, our people, أَجِيبُوا Respond from the word إِجَابَ جِيمْ وَوْبَ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي Jawab to respond. So they said, O oh, our people, respond to دَعِيَ اللَّهِ The caller of Allah. Who is the caller of Allah? The one who's calling to Allah. It is the Prophet ﷺ. Respond to him. وَآمِنُوا بِهِ And believe in him. What will happen? يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ مِنْ ذُنُوبِكُمْ He will forgive you for your sins. Who will? Allah will. That you believe in his messenger, you respond to his call, you believe in him, Allah will pardon you your sins. وَيُجِرْكُمْ And he will protect you مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ From a painful punishment. يُجِرْكُمْ جِيمْ وَوْرَى جِيمْ وَوْرَى to jar from the same root is used for a neighbor, and a neighbor is meant to protect his neighbor. Right? So yujirkum, he will protect you from a painful punishment. Which means that if you don't believe, then there will be consequences. Look at their message, it's so complete. Waman and whoever, la yujib, he does not respond to da'iyallahi, to the caller of Allah. Meaning the person who ignores the call of the messenger, does not answer him, then falaysa, then not bimu'jizin, at all one to cause failure. Fil ardi in the earth. Meaning he cannot cause failure to Allah. He cannot harm Allah's plan. He cannot escape Allah's grip. He cannot defeat the religion of Allah. فَلَيْسَ بِمُعْجِزٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ He cannot win. وَلَيْسَ لَهُ And he will not have مِن دُونِهِ Besides him, meaning besides Allah, awliya, any protectors. Meaning no one can protect him from Allah, from Allah's punishment. أُولَٰئِكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Those are in clear error. Who are in clear error? Those who do not respond to the call of the messenger. Right? Then they are in clear error. Now, these verses, they were revealed for what purpose? To basically reassure and comfort the Prophet ﷺ. That yes, there is a large group of people who is rejecting you. But there is also another group of people who is accepting the message. Now what happens is that in general, when we do face a lot of you know, rejection or opposition from people, then we begin to doubt ourselves. We wonder if it's even worth it. Right? But what do we see from this example? That even if there is a group of people less than 10, even if it's one individual whom you can benefit, then it is worth it. Remember Ali radiallahu anhu was told that if Allah guides even one person through you, then that is better for you than such and such fancy camels. Right? So again, the Prophet ﷺ is being comforted over here that do not feel sad, your efforts are not going to be wasted. And remember, this was before the hijrah to Medina. Right? And it kind of shows us that how, you know, people of Medina also, they didn't know about the Prophet ﷺ and how, you know, at Mina the Prophet ﷺ encountered them and he spoke to them and how they accepted the message. 
So again, the message is clear that do whatever that is within your capacity and leave the results to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even if it's you know a little change that you can create, it is worth it. Even if it's a little bit that you can do, it is definitely worth it. Now, we see in the seerah that this was the first batch of jinn converts to Islam. All right? This was the first group of jinn who converted to Islam. We learn about some other reports also in the seerah that how at one occasion the jinn came to the Prophet ﷺ in Makkah. All right? They came to him in Makkah and Ibn Mas'ud who reported this that he said that one night we were with the Prophet and then the Prophet ﷺ went away and we couldn't find him. We looked for him everywhere and we could not find him. And we thought that either he had been kidnapped or he had been killed. And it was one of the worst nights that we had spent. You can imagine the state of the companions. And he said that we spent the night, you know, fearing. And what happened towards the end of the night, we saw as the morning broke, the Prophet ﷺ approaching us from the direction of Hira, where the cave was. He was approaching us from that direction. And we asked him that, Ya Rasulullah, where were you? And he said that one of the callers of the jinn came to me, telling me that there was a congregation waiting for me. So I went to recite the Qur'an to them. So you see, وَلَّوْا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ مُدْبِرِينَ They went, they did their work, right? they did da'wah, they called a whole lot of jinn to Islam, and then they got them ready, and they came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, we have a group right here, could you please come and teach us some more? And so the Prophet ﷺ went to them, and he recited the Qur'an to them. How it started with just a few individuals, and how the message, it spread. It's amazing how the message spread. And then we see more narrations also about how the Prophet ﷺ went multiple times in order to recite the Qur'an to them. And also to teach them their rulings, meaning rulings pertaining to jinn life. All right? So for example, what they can eat, what they can use, etc. All right? So the Prophet ﷺ taught them also. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِذْ صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفَرًا مِّنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقُرْآنَ فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ قَالُوا أَنصِتُوا فَلَمَّا قُضِيَ وَلَّوْا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ قَوْمَنَا إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا كِتَابًا أُنْزِلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مُوسَى إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا كِتَابًا أُنْزِلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مُوسَى مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْحَقِّ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْحَقِّ وَإِلَى طَرِيقٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ يَا قَوْمَنَا أَجِيبُوا دَاعِيَ اللَّهِ أَجِيبُوا دَاعِيَ اللَّهِ وَآمِنُوا بِهِ يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ مِنْ ذُنُوبِكُمْ يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ مِنْ 
ذنوبكم ويجركم من عذاب اليم ومن لا يجب داعي الله فليس بمعجز في الارض وليس له من دونه اولياء اولئك في ضلال people of Makkah were not allowing the Prophet ﷺ to do da'wah. Right? People of Ta'if also who did not welcome him. So this was all an effort to stop the Prophet ﷺ, to stop the word from spreading, to stop his message from spreading. But could they stop it? Were they successful in that? No, they weren't. Because where they did not allow some people to benefit from the Prophet ﷺ, Allah sent the jinn. Right? They were controlling the streets of Makkah and the streets of Ta'if, but Allah sent to Makkah, sent to the Prophet ﷺ, people of Medina. So what does it teach us? That no matter what people are doing to stop the deen of Allah, the deen of Allah cannot be stopped. The truth cannot be stopped. You know, how often it happens that the truth is covered up. People try to hide it, pretend like it doesn't exist. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it to light. He brings it to surface. And that is exactly how the Qur'an is. That no matter how much people ridicule it and put it down and portray it as a book of violence or a book of such and such and whatever they come up with, can they suppress the truth? No, they cannot. 